cookie consent banner. That is almost mm-hmm. always a dead giveaway if they know what they're doing or not. And the reason why I say that is, well, for one, so many of you always say, well, I don't know if I need a cookie consent banner or not. For anyone who is wondering, Termagen, our questionnaire will help you determine that. We'll spit out, do you need one or do you not need one? And we'll explain why when you go through the questionnaire. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Unlock Show. I'm your host, Tracy Wilson, and today you guys are in for a super-duper special treat because I have got somebody with you who's going to talk about some really, really interesting stuff. Most of you guys would probably think, oh, my God, privacy policies, you know, website law, uh, legalities, all of that sort of fun stuff, yawn, yawn. But I'm going to tell you how important it is that we actually listen up today because I've got somebody who knows his stuff when it comes to protecting you, your business, and also your clients. And you want to make sure that we actually have all of these things in place so that, God forbid, you don't get sued or something else um, worse than that. So listen up in today's show. If you've got any questions whatsoever, you guys know that this show is live. So you're able to actually type into the chat box. Got to make sure that you let StreamYard know that you're there, but then just chat to us in the comment section and you can ask us anything you like about privacy law and privacy policy today. A couple of little things before we get going. Given that this is a live show and we're talking about general information here, please don't take this as legal advice. You need to make sure that you get you know, the proper advice that you need. That pertains to your business, but I think what you're going to find today is that when Hans gets to share all of the fun stuff that he's got with a company that he created called Termageddon, um, you are going to be ex- just as excited as I was when I saw it. So who the heck have I got with me today? Well, I have my good friend, Hans Skillrad, who's the co-founder and vice president of a company called Termageddon. You might think, gosh, what a funny little name for a very serious matter. Uh, and it is. I think it's a super cool name and it is an extremely serious matter with the stuff that's going on around the world and making sure that we actually are compliant because there's some serious um, you know, ramifications if we don't ensure that we have all the correct things on our websites and comply with all the re- uh, required privacy policies. So without further ado, let me say good morning to Hans all the way from uh, the United States. I'm pretty sure that's where he's calling in from today. If he's not, he's going to let us know where the heck he is. And he's going to tell us all about termageddon. And if you hang around to the end. We've got some pretty special stuff to give away for you guys so that you can get a discounted rate on a Termageddon uh, account. License, yeah. So welcome, license, yeah. Welcome to the show, Hans. Great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me here, Tracy. Thank you for that introduction. It's not every day where the host says, please note, this is not legal advice. So Thank you for getting that disclaimer out right out of the way. Uh, you're you're welcome. I, I've sort of come from that uh, that background, so I know how important that is. You know, when you're talking about um, you know general advice, and it's not uh, you know it's not specific to that particular user. So you know, really important piece. And given that we're talking about um, legalities, it would be a little remiss of me to have mentioned that, uh, given the subject matter that we're talking about today. So, so give us a little bit of a, a background on like you and how you came, you know, how did you come to create an organization or a service such as Termageddon? How did that all come about? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I was uh, building websites for clients. I was running a 12-person web design agency in downtown Chicago, and I just so happened to be dating a privacy attorney at the time. Uh, she's now my wife, and she's the president of Termageddon. <clears throat> So, excuse me. Um, So, you know, I was in a situation where clients would ask me all the time, hey, what should I do for my website policies? And I would say, I have no idea. I'm your web designer, not your lawyer. And then they would ask me to go and copy and paste something from someone else's website. Mm -hmm. And I always felt extremely uncomfortable with that. And uh, I had to, you know, marry a privacy attorney to figure this stuff out and and make a change. And and that's what we did. you know, my frustrations came from clients trying to expect something of me that I didn't have to offer. <clears throat> my now wife is, um, she's a licensed attorney here in Illinois. Um, she's the chair of the American Bar Association's e-privacy committee. She actually provides guidance to U.S. legislators on how to write privacy laws on behalf of the American Bar Association. Um, she was tired of the monotony of writing privacy policy after privacy policy. She felt like she had to cobble together pieces from this privacy policy pieces from that privacy policy. So she felt like there needed to be a more automated way to help people get their policies generated. 
Um, mm. We created Term again before GDPR was even a thing. For those of you who don't know, GDPR is the privacy law that protects residents of the EU and the EEA. It kind of made headwinds. Everyone started talking about privacy laws after that one. Uh, but actually, there's many other privacy laws prior to that. Um, the Australia Privacy Act in 1988, CALOPA, DOPA, and many, PIPETA, many others. Um, but GDPR kind of put privacy on the map. Um, and we, Termagen, we, we launched it. I was running my agency at the time. Um, and then Termagen kind of took off. And I decided it's probably best if I sold my agency and focused all my time on that business. So uh, my wife and I run it now. Uh, she's, you know, as I mentioned, a privacy attorney. I'm a tech person. We really built Termageddon to be a place where you can, number one, find out the laws that apply to you and then make the, and then figure out the disclosures that you're required to make under those respective privacy laws. That's the main everything. That's really what we're trying to do. And what's special about our tool is that you get an embed code, which you copy and paste into the body of your policy pages. That allows Termageddon to control what that copy says and will allow us to push updates to it when new laws go into effect or when do new disclosures become required. Um, a great and example think, is... I think that's the thing that I actually really love about Termageddon. Well, firstly, what a what a fantastic, you know, I'm going to say marriage made in heaven, right? And a, an attorney plus, you know, somebody who's in the know with actually doing um, the technical side of things, you know, marrying those two together to create, uh, create the platform that you've created. But, you know, one of those big frustrations like you, you know, I've got an agency too, um, and, and it's the same thing, you know, people are always asking, you know, what should I write? What should my terms and conditions say? What should my, um, what, or should I even have an earnings disclaimer and all of these different things? And how do I understand all these different acronyms that apply to all these different countries? How do I keep on top of all of those uh, when things are changing at a rate of knots? So the fact that you guys are, like I said, the thing that I love about your platform is that it keeps abreast of all of those changes. Changes, so I don't have to. So I know that you know I'm on top of everything uh, without having to really do anything. That's great. No, I'm, I'm happy you you're such a fan, and that it just makes my day. It's just so wild. I'm talking to someone in Australia who thinks the name Termageddon is awesome. That alone just makes my day, and and I'm so happy you like the really what we're aiming to do here. And I mean, let's be real. Like I think every single person likes the fact that people are getting a right to their privacy. But what business owners don't understand is if you have a website and you're collecting things like names, emails, IP addresses, those are regulated pieces of data under a multitude of privacy laws. So if you have a website that gets traffic from across state lines or across the countries, you may need to comply with those privacy laws, even though you're not necessarily located there. Therein lies the broad reaching nature of privacy laws. Privacy laws protect people. And if you're a business collecting that, those, the data from those people, you may be required to comply with their privacy laws. And so, you know, I love the fact that people are getting a right to their privacy. I just think it's kind of difficult for a small business to keep up to date with international privacy laws that are changing constantly. In America right now, we have 36 privacy bills, 36. If any one of them passes, a business is going to have to figure out, do I need to comply with it? Do I need to make disclosures for it? Every single time, you know, four have passed in the last year. So it's wild. Absolutely. And, and I think you make a really good point here is that I think what a lot of people think is that I only have to apply, uh, uh, you know, comply with the, um, the, the policies or the, the legislation that applies to the country or the place that I that I reside in or that my business resides in, which actually is is a myth, right? Is is incorrect. You need to comply with wherever you are doing business. And most people these days have now, you know, moved. We're in a global, global selling world where you are selling across borders. So therefore you need to comply with God knows how many different, um, you know, different legal requirements for not only different countries, but like the United States different states different states correct yeah we do not have a federal privacy law um in fact one was just shot down um what we have are individual states taking their own measures to protect their people's data um some states have multiple privacy laws already in place california has calopa and ccpa ccpa is about to become cpra uh in about eight months uh, so not only can states have their own individual privacy laws, but they can have multiples of their own privacy laws uh, as well. So, 
and and in a few moments, I'm gonna because people are probably thinking, God, what what the heck are all of these? You know, Caliper and CCPA and GDRP mm-hmm. and what are all those? And we're gonna delve into all of them in a bit more detail um, shortly, so that by the time you guys walk away from here, you at least have an understanding of what do all these acronyms mean and how do they actually apply to you. So one of the things. Um, you know, that a lot of people have on their website, right? And, and Hans mentioned this a little bit earlier, or he alluded to it. If you're collecting any kind of data, name, email address, phone number, address, IP address, anything like that. And in most cases, if you've got a website, you've got some form of opt-in or contact form, which means that you then need to comply with this, with these requirements in this legislation. So are there any other, um, like, what at what time other than those should somebody have these uh privacy policies on their their online presence so yeah privacy laws apply to a business the moment they that business starts collecting regulated personal information so the if you have a website the moment you're collecting someone's name email ip or just information regarding their interactions with the website um, the moment you're collecting data on them is the moment you're collecting that regulated data. It is a collection of data when privacy laws can start applying. Um, now, with that being said, there are some privacy laws that have business size restrictions. For example, California's second privacy law, CCPA, only applies to businesses that they have to do business in California and say yes to one of the following three options. They generate $25 million or more in revenue or process the data of 50,000 or more California consumers' households or devices, or they derive 50% or more of their annual revenue from selling the personal information of California consumers. So if you said yes to one of those three things and you do business in California, then CCPA applies to you. Um, so it's important to understand not all privacy laws are just the moment you collect it. Most are. But some do have additional business size restrictions um, that are important to acknowledge. Um, I see so many people saying, oh, you should get CCPA disclosures. And I'm like, why would you open yourself up to more responsibility when you don't have to? So um, it's just, yeah, it's important to understand, you know, it all, it kind of all starts with, you know, where, where are you targeting? Like, where are you collecting information from? And from there, do they, do they have privacy laws? And if so, which, which ones apply to me? And what disclosures do I need to make to demonstrate to my users that I respect their privacy and I'm providing all the disclosures required under those applicable laws. Um, so I like to give an example too, because I think most websites these days, most modern websites have a contact form. You know, that's where you inquire, hopefully do some business. Great. A contact form is a wonderful example of not only collecting data, but typically sharing data as well. And I'll give you an example. Um, think about your own website. Does your website have a contact form? Assuming that's yes, when someone submits that inquiry and submits their information to you, does that email or do you receive an email in your email inbox of that person's contact details? Um, I would assume yes. That's how most contact forms are set up. Um, Well, that's a great example of not only when you're collecting data, but actually when you're sharing it with third-party email service providers, whether it's G Suite or Outlook or any other third-party email marketing tool you're using. That's an excellent example of when you're sharing data with a third-party vendor, that being an email service provider. Um, And and I think that's such a good example of explaining how Mm -hmm. most businesses actually not only collect data, they actually share data. And that's Mm -hmm. very often a required disclosure as well in many privacy laws. And I'm really glad that you covered that because I think that's one of those areas that most people wouldn't even think about. And they think about sharing, okay, well, am I going to Am I going to, you know, knowingly share my information and give it to somebody else or sell that data? When this is actually not what we're saying. We're saying if that information just comes in through your G Suite or your Outlook or something like that, then it's that is shared with another third party. So it's really important, um, you know, that we understand that. And I'm glad that you that you have uh, that you've covered that today. What are some of the ramifications if you do not comply? Let's go there because then we can delve into, you know, what all the meanings are and what can we actually do about it? No, I think it's an excellent question because, you know, we see in the news Facebook getting fined $8 trillion or whatever it is, you know, for for privacy law noncompliance. So all we hear in the news are the the boy get hit. And what we don't realize is that the news covers the newsworthy stories. So you don't hear about the one person companies being fined or sued. And that's, that stuff's also happening. 
So um, each each privacy law is different, so it's a bit of a complicated question to answer. Each privacy law is different with their own penalties for non-compliance. So <clears throat> GDPR is 4% of revenue um, or 20, up to 20 million euros or possibly even more for infringing on as little as one person's privacy rights. Um, in California, um, uh, it's $2,500 per violation. But under California, per violation means per website visitor whose rights you've infringed upon. So if over the course of a month, 50 people from California visit your website and you're being fined $2,500 per violation, that's $2,500 times 50. That would be your fine. Yeah. Like, that's the type of stuff that will just knock businesses out. And, <clears throat> you know, I, I love the fact that people are going to write to the privacy. I just think it's a, a bit difficult for a small business owner to keep up to date with all that stuff. I think it's just kind of yeah. wild. So, fine. Absolutely. You know, penalties differ say- everywhere. Mm. I was going to say, absolutely. I mean, one of our viewers here is saying, oh, my God, it's like the alphabet soup of, you know, privacy laws with all of the different acronyms and and just trying to understand and keep abreast of all of that on top of everything else that you have to do as a business owner can just become completely overwhelming. And that, you know, talking about those, the, the ramifications of not complying with this could absolutely take the, the wind out of an entire, just, just close a business down. You know, if you're talking, you know, that number of fines uh, times the number of people that you've, um, that you've, you know, wrong, done wrongly to. Right, you've infringed on. Yeah. 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 You, you know, that's some serious stuff. It is. And, and, and I think as time goes on, it's going to become more serious, not less serious. I think people are waking up to the fact that they deserve rights to their privacy and that it's worth fighting for. So, you know, right now we see a lot of fines and stuff, but. You know, in America, in New York, for example, New York has three privacy bills, four privacy bills, three of which, if passed, will enable any New Yorker to sue any business anywhere for collecting as little as their email address on a contact form without proper New York privacy law disclosures. So, like, the gravity of that situation is very real. Like, basically, people could Mm -hmm. scan websites and look for noncompliance and submit lawsuits. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to be... Uh, that's my tech side of me coming out where like I've seen spam like that. And like, I hear spam paired with privacy rights and then backing that up saying, well, I have these rights and I'm suing you or just give me a thousand dollars and I'll go away. Like, Oh, I am. I'm not excited about that as a business owner. It, it, like I know I'm with term again and like we're watching all this stuff and everything, but as someone who's passionate about small businesses has been a small business owner several times in his career, like, it's frightening. It's frightening that 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 that's going to happen. I think I think it's actually going to be very detrimental to small businesses. Um, yeah, do, especially you know. when a lot of small businesses are doing it for you know maybe very innocently. But as they say, ignorance is is no excuse, right? And hence we have conversations like we're having today. So Absolutely. let's delve a little bit more into like we've dropped a few um, you know acronyms for a few different mm-hmm. few different things. So let's start with. Um, Caliper, like, can you explain what that is, what the acronym for it is, and and I suppose why is that kind of important? And we're talking so website wise, you know, before we go there, let's talk about some of the the policies that we actually should have on, say, just a basic website. What are the policies that we should be having? Yeah. Okay. So let's start off with a privacy policy. A privacy policy helps you make disclosures required by the privacy laws that apply to you. So privacy policy, high level, what you're basically saying is, hey, this is the information we collect. These are the third parties we share it with. We mentioned email service providers, maybe also email marketing vendors like MailChimp or ActiveCampaign, maybe data analytics providers. Here's all the people we share data with. This is why we share it with them. This is the purpose for why we collect it in the first place. Um, and that's that's the high level life purpose of a privacy policy to make the disclosures required under laws that apply to you. And typically, those disclosures are all about discuss what you collect, with whom you share it with, and why. Um, so, privacy policy is to comply with privacy laws. You then have a terms of service, otherwise known as the terms and conditions, otherwise known mm-hmm. as terms of use, T and C mm-hmm. terms. These are all typically interchangeable words. And they're all about setting the rules to using a website. So if you have an e-commerce website, you need rules like this is our refund policy. This is our cancellation policy. This is what shipping looks like. This is what deposits look like, advanced payments. 
these were our subscription terms. Everything that goes into making sure that you can give your customer an educated um, uh, experience so they understand what they're getting themselves into before they click buy on your website. So terms of service, all are terms, they are all about setting the rules using the website. And they're really aimed at also helping you limit your liability as a business owner. Um, the reason why I like terms for virtually any website is because the terms of service can have a disclosure that says something like, hey, we offer links to third-party websites. We're not responsible for those third-party websites. So if you click on that link, that site's hacked and you get hacked, you can't come back and sue us. I mean, we most websites these days offer links to third-party sites, social media links at the very least. Um, so why not have a disclosure in there that helps protect you? Um, so I like terms of service to help limit your liability, set the rules to using the website. Another good example, um, if people can leave comments, maybe on your blogs or something like that, and you want to prohibit content that is considered profanity, you know, profanity or you know, uh, abusive, whatever it is, you can you know, have that right and reserve that right and, and state that in your terms clearly so that if you do delete someone for writing something nasty, you can back that up uh, with, your, with your terms. Mm -hmm. A disclaimer is all about further limiting your liability, and it's needed under special circumstances. So um, if you offer affiliate links, if you offer um, uh, anything that could be seen as health advice or fitness tips or legal advice. Um, so, you know, if you're if you have a website where you're blogging and you're saying, hey, you should eat 10 pineapples a day, only 10, only eat 10 pineapples a day every day for the rest of your life, and you'll lose all the weight you've ever imagined. Like, yeah, you're going to want a disclaimer in there, like saying, hey, you know, speak to your physician before you listen to that. Mm -hmm. um, if you display advertisements, you need um, a, a disclaimer. Um, and really, disclaimers are all like, you know, you watch a commercial and at the end of like a medical medicine commercial, like mm -hmm. for prescription, they always talk really fast and like, you know, don't take this medicine if you're pregnant or over the age of 65. And they like talk really fast. That's a health disclaimer. So you need that for websites as well. Um, and so disclaimers help you further limit your liability, but they're only needed under special use cases. Um, a cookie policy is another policy that you could use. Um, a cookie policy is required under laws um, where you're required to collect consent prior to placing a cookie on someone's browser or, um, or under CCPA, and this gets a little detail, but having people opt out of being tracked in the first place. Uh, but a cookie policy helps users understand this is the stuff I put on your browser to track you, to give you a good experience on our website and so forth. Um, and then last but not least, an end user license agreement. That's more if you're like building software mm -hmm. and selling it to other people. So I think that's a little bit more outside of the scope of today's call. I'm happy to talk more about that, but I, I'd imagine with the time we have, it's EULAs, end user license agreements. It's for like if you're selling or reselling software. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, all of these, um, you know, the policies are all things that I know you've had questions about as a, a web developer. I've had questions about on the regular. So, I mean, being able to talk through these so that people can actually understand what each of them mean in real, let's say, layman's terms is fantastic because now they understand. Not only that, they're able to go away and actually, what are the actions I would say you need to do today, people, is just go away, just check your websites. Have you actually got all of these? You know, are you compliant? And if you've got any gaps, then keep listening because we're going to share with you where you can go to fill those gaps really simply and really easily. So we've talked about, um, you know, some of the, the laws that are relevant in different states within uh, the USA. And there's also the GDRP uh, law that came out, I, I can't even remember how many years ago, a few GDPR years back GDPR 2018, yep. Was it 2018? I knew it was a few years back, mm -hmm. uh, which covers the um, the uh, European uh, area. So let's talk a little bit about that and why that has become, because that's really has, like you mentioned, brought this whole, uh, you know, conversation around privacy uh, to the forefront and made it really important and relevant uh, so that you don't get sued and you don't get, you know, yourself into some serious, uh, serious trouble. Yeah, so... Um GDPR came out and, and certainly grabbed the attention of a lot of people. It, it was the first privacy law in the European Union that protected the data, the personal data of people of the EU and the EEA. Um, obviously, the UK left the EU, so then the UK Data Protection Act went into effect, 
that's just fancy acronym stuff. That's literally an exact mirror copy of GDPR. They just replaced, hey, we're protecting EU residents. They replaced EU residents with UK residents. That's like the only thing they changed. So basically the same thing. So we can talk about both right now um, as they're the same thing technically right now at least. Um, so yeah, these give these privacy laws give them rights, and a lot of the rights are fundamentally they fundamentally challenge how basically websites were built. Um, because prior to 2018, you know, we built websites and we couldn't. It was kind of the wild west. Let's be real. Like our, the client wanted analytics. Boom, we're, we're installing analytics. It's free. It's from Google. It's and it's amazing. Um, you know, you want to track people and remarket to them and send them ads if they hit your website. Awesome. Great. The moment someone visits your website, put a pixel on the browser and just start marketing to them. Um, you want to email your subscribers and, you know, subscribe people and send them all these emails. Well, I guess there's anti-spam ads, rules against that. But, but basically, it, we had the wild west in the sense that we could kind of do as we wish that, you know, when someone visits our website, we can kind of do as we want. And, um, and that changed with GDPR. Uh, GDPR basically said, no, by default, you cannot track people. By default, you cannot um, remarket to them. They have to consent to you being able to market to them. And that was what the fundamental shift was, which is we marketers had to step back and be like, ah, wait, I actually have to think about this and like I have to make sure I first get someone's consent before I start uh, soliciting them and marketing to them in the future and, and even tracking them as they go through my website. So it sounds subtle, but that's like a fundamental shift with how we looked at websites. Um, and you know, I think we're still in a large, to a large degree, kind of still waking up to it. Um, I think a lot of marketing people try to pretend this stuff doesn't exist. It's like, all right, you know, I want, I'd rather just roll the dice and try to avoid this stuff. And is someone who sees what's happening with privacy and like how much this stuff is changing, I would highly recommend you actually start to embrace privacy rather than ignore it, uh, because it's just going to get worse for you if you keep trying to like skirt around and trying to avoid privacy laws. Like eventually you might want to just find the value in showing that you respect people's privacy and like demonstrating that to them through ethical practices and being transparent. And my guess would be that most people listening on this call are not bad people. They just, they just, you know, they share data with their email marketing service and they don't think anything of it. It's like, take that first step and disclose that stuff mm -hmm. to your prospects mm -hmm. and to your customers. And I think as time goes on, more people are going to care about privacy. Um, I think not less, more people are going to care about their privacy. So I think you're going to ultimately win in the long run too. Absolutely. I mean, when you really stop and think about it, there are a lot of, uh, I suppose, benefits and reasons why we as business owners should take this really seriously. You know, one, to avoid those massive fines and potential lawsuits, but also as you're talking through, you know, the different um, terms, of, terms of service, terms of use, those kind of rules that we can put around things to limit our, our liability. So there's a real benefit in doing that. Keeping control of what's going on on our website protecting our intellectual property, which is one that I want to sort of talk a little bit more about. And then also, like you say, demonstrating to our uh, to our visitors that we're actually taking this seriously. So, but on the flip side of that, being able to legitimize the visitors that are coming to your, to your website by, you know, showing, uh, you know, enabling people to opt in or opt out of, you know, various different cookies, policies, et cetera. And then you knowing that, hey, if somebody opts in, they're generally a pretty legitimate visitor. Exactly. Like, <clears throat> I think about that example where it's like, would you have, rather have 10,000 email subscribers where none of them actually ever wanted to be subscribed to your email? It kind of got shady how they mm -hmm. subscribed in the first place. Or would you rather have 100 people that, opt that opted in and chose to be subscribed to your channel? I picked 100 every single time because those people genuinely took the time to say, yeah, I'm interested in you. I'm going to, I do want to receive alerts from you. I want to be updated by you. And I think that really just shows the importance of it's the numbers don't really matter if you are, are if the number, the numbers are not going to matter if the people don't care, if they, if they don't care about your business, it doesn't matter how many of them you have. You could have a billion of them. They don't care. They don't care. Like you might as well work mm -hmm. with the people that care. And I think privacy is going to be one of those things where it's like, 
actually, it's going to be people demonstrating to you that they want to be tracked by, or they want you to know how they work with your website and stuff. And I think that's really down the road, but I, that is the future. That is how we're going to see this, especially if more people get privacy rights. So, so now that we've sort of talked through, you know, what's going on, the the myriad of different, uh, you know, policies that we need to comply with, and I think we've pretty well established that it can be rather challenging to try and keep on top of all of them, particularly if you're a small business owner. Let's talk about Termageddon and, you know, the the application that you have that actually makes this a heck of a lot simpler and you know, I'm going to say gives uh, the the owner, the website uh, owner, peace of mind that they know that they that they are covered, that they are compliant. So let's talk a little bit about Termageddon. How does it actually work, and and uh, you know, what do people do to to get started? Yeah, um, well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to kind of give a little bit of a sales pitch here. I um, appreciate that, and and you know. Most small businesses don't have thousands of dollars sitting around to hire a privacy attorney, not only to draft their website policies, but to monitor privacy laws and keep their policies up to date when the laws change. And, and if you have the budget to do that, awesome. Go that route. Like nothing's going to be hiring an attorney to monitor everything for you and take care of that. The fact is, though, most small business owners do not have 10, 15 grand a year laying around for such a luxury. And that's why a lot of people come to Termageddon. So Termageddon is a website policies generator. Our service is $99 a year. Um, and what you do, what it means is that you can generate a set of policies for your website to help you comply with laws, to help you limit your liability, and you know, and then move on. And, and, and the reason why I say move on is because after you generate your policies with Termageddon, you embed our code into your website. And that is what allows us to control your policy pages. And then we monitor privacy laws, we notify you of changes, we even have the ability to push updates automatically to your policy pages with new disclosures as they become required. So at the time of recording this, um, over the next 18 months, we're going to see four updates already scheduled out. We have three in America and one in Quebec, uh, Canada. Um, those are four new disclosures that are going to be required for people targeting people in the U.S., targeting people in Canada. Um, that's the benefit I think Termageddon provides is that we're going to monitor this stuff. We're going to notify you of changes. We're, we're, we even have the ability to push automatic updates. And, and that's not to say that we, we're actually very pro-attorney. We have lots of attorneys that actually use our platform. You can share your Termageddon license with your attorney so they can go in and customize the policies however they wish. Um, it's just even attorneys like the fact that, like, okay, there's someone that's monitoring the stuff and keeping everyone up to date of those changes. So our tool helps you figure out the laws that apply to you helps you make the disclosures required exactly under those privacy laws. Um, and then we'll notify you when there's changes. Uh, we can automatically update your policies. If we have any new questions to ask you, we'll email them to you, and, and you'll just click the link and answer the new questions. Um, and, yeah, um, go on your merry way. Start focusing on running your business, you know. Yeah, it's a pretty simple, uh, you know, simple application to use. I'm just going to pop on the screen right now for you guys. If you want to head on over to Termageddon and you'd like to get, you know, you'd like to set yourself up uh, today, you can actually get a 10% discount if you use the code Wilson, W-I-L-S-O-N. So go to www.termageddon.com. And like I said, use the code word Wilson, which is going to give you 10% off uh, your, your first account. So that'll get you guys started. And for $99 a year, uh, it's, you know, it's not a lot of money to make sure that you're protected, especially when we've just spoken about, you know, some of the fines that are coming out. I mean, that's a, that's nothing uh, in comparison to what could happen if, uh, if, you know, if you're not compliant. So. Then you're able to take that code and pop it onto your website and, and be kept up to date. Sorry, go ahead, Hans. Uh, that, that's exactly it. And I think that's why people come to us is because they really like the fact that it's the auto-updating component of our tool, like constantly monitoring privacy laws, keeping up to date with what's changing, how everything's changed. Um, um, the last privacy law I can recall is uh, Utah's privacy law, which just passed. And we announced it. And then three days later, we sent out the compliance guide. So you know, um, we staying on top of it. I just like to say, I married the one person who finds this stuff really interesting. You, <laughs> you know, married and the like, right person for this. Uh -huh. absolutely. Um, but, uh, 
you know, and, and one thing I do want to note, you know, that promo code Wilson will give you 10% off your order, your first payment. Uh, for the record, though, that is an affiliate code. And mm -hmm. Tracy did not even it's bring it up. Affiliate. I brought it up to her four minutes prior to this call starting. I was like, hey, can I give your customers a discount? And I was like, I'm, I'm going to hook you up with some commissions. So for the record, you had no intention to even do like, you know, I, we just kind of came up last minute. So, but happy to no, offer. You said so. you want one of these? And I was like, heck yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, to just, our people. Yeah. If, I can give, if I can get our people a discount, then I'm all for that. Um, and I'm Absolutely. grateful that, you know, you get a little bit of commission on the, uh, on the other side. So I feel like that, anyone, uh, I feel like anyone willing to put in 40 minutes to talk about website or learn about website policies, they deserve a discount. <laughs> well, anyone listening too. I mean, it's because it's such an important thing. And given that I've been, you know, Know, in the industry for some time I know I've had uh, you know attorneys write privacy policies for me in the mm. past and they have not been cheap you know and you get them written once the law changes it's on me or on you as the user to actually go back and have them updated whereas this when I came across it I'm like oh happy days you know let's get I've had people started. I've had people that come to us that are international organizations that were quoted fifty to a hundred thousand dollars. Uh, that got our pol their policies generated in about an hour and a half. Uh, they needed very complex disclosures, but they got it done in an hour and a half. I even had their attorneys say that they had no edits um, to to what was generated. So, um, so you know, I, I would like to think we are the most comprehensive generator in the world uh, for sure. Um, and that's an honor. You know, I'm, I'm happy to be able to provide that at an affordable price. Um, because 50 grand for a privacy policy just won't cut it for for many small business owners. So. Mm -hmm. I've got, a, I've got a couple of other um, questions because I think this is a really important one. And I know that uh, in the early days when I was uh, corresponding with you and given that I'm based in Australia, I was like, well, hey, do any of your policies actually cover Australia as well? And at the time they didn't, but they do now. So let's just, mm -hmm. um, you know, for everybody wondering, wonder if that covers, you know, my country. Oh, yeah. What countries yeah. are currently covered at the moment? Great, great. Um, yeah, so we cover all U.S. businesses, all Canadian businesses, um, uh, U.K., Ireland, and Australia. Uh, so if you did not hear your name in your, our country just yet, sorry. Uh, you know, when we started, we didn't think we'd be blowing up as much as we have, uh, but we have, we, we're taking an active role in, in launching into more countries. Which is fabulous. And, and for, so for me, you know, being able to have that uh, available, you know, for all of my, because the thing is, like we mentioned throughout today's show, even though I'm based in Australia and I need to obviously comply with Australian law, I also have clients all over the world. So I need to comply with, you know, with those um, areas as well, and particularly in the United States. So for those of you that are listening that maybe are not in the US, maybe you're outside of the US, if, you're, uh, if your country was listed, uh, in that list that Hans gave, then uh, you can be rest assured that you can head on over to Termageddon and get yourself sorted. And it's pretty simple, right? It's just a matter of jumping into the system, setting up your account, answering a few questions. It give you gives you uh, the the terms of you know all the policies that you require. You grab the the embed code, go back to your website or give it to your web uh, developer, and they'll pop it on your website, and that will make sure that you're compliant. What typically would you see on somebody's web website that indicates that, hey, you know, these guys are taking this pretty seriously and, you know, you can identify that they have some, you know, they've got a handle on their privacy, uh, the privacy side of their business. I love that question. I've never been given that question before and I have an answer for you. So um, it's the cookie consent banner. That is almost mm -hmm. always a dead giveaway if they know what they're doing or not. And the reason why I say that is, well, for one, so many of you always say, well, I don't know if I need a cookie consent banner or not. For anyone who is wondering, Termageddon, our questionnaire will help you determine that. We'll spit out, do you need one or do you not need one? And we'll explain why when you go through the questionnaire. Uh, but for those that do need it, there is a proper way to display a cookie consent banner. And then there's a very absolutely non-compliant way of doing it. So if you go to a website and you see a cookie banner that says, this website uses cookies and all you have is an OK button, that is not compliant with any privacy law. Um, and that's because you have to get their consent first prior to putting cookies on their website. So the moment you see a website that's like all there is an okay button, you have to accept the fact that there's cookies and that they're tracking you, um, that's absolutely not compliant. And I would say that's a dead giveaway for anyone uh, wanting to 
you know, I'm sure you can impress all your friends at the next barbecue um, about, you know, hey, did you know cookie banners lo should look like this versus that? So um, with cookie banners, you need to have very, uh, uh, you cannot do what's called dark patterns, which is like trying to sneaky, sneakily convince the customer to accept all cookies. You need to very transparently give them opt-in, opt-out options. Uh, so that would be a good, a good giveaway. I mean, and a place to go would be actually to Termageddon's website and have a look at their uh, their cookie banner. I mean, it's got, you know, opt-ins for, you know, all sorts of things, marketing. Um, you know, there was a number of different things that people could opt in or out of on your guys' website. What are some of the, the common ones that, you know, you should really have displayed in your cookies banner? Well, um, that really depends on just how your website's uh, created. So it depends on what cookies your website uses. But um, our tool will scan your website, produce you know, produce the results of the cookies being used on the website. Uh, but the most common ones we see is Google Analytics, for one. Um, Google Analytics is on almost every website. It's wonderful. It's, it gives you insights into how people use your website. Uh, that is an example of sharing data with, uh, with uh, uh, website analytics providers. Um, so if, when taking that one into account, you know, people in Europe, for example, should not be tracked by Google Analytics. Actually, they can't be. Google Analytics just became illegal under GDPR, so that, that's a whole separate story. But, um, but keeping it on track here, Google Analytics, if, you, if they, they have to consent first with the cookie banner, and only then can the tool implement the, the Google Analytics cookie onto their browser, mm -hmm. which allows you to get insights into how they work on your website. So. That's how a proper cookie banner should work. It, it's kind of a tool that like turns on and off cookies based on what the user's preferences mm -hmm. are because the user has the right, not the business. The business can't force the mm -hmm. consumer to do it in one way or the other. So, and that's been getting, people have been getting dinged for that one real bad. So it's, it's important to take that into account. Now, one of our viewers is asking, you know, could we explain the G the GB policy, which I think she's referring to the GDRP. So in in, in that um, case, is it for GDRP in particular, is it there a absolute requirement that you have some form of cookies disclaimer on your site? Like what, no. what specifically, okay, what specifically yeah, do question. we need to do to comply with that? Yeah, ex I love that question because a lot of people think you, uh, cookie banners required by law. No, not exactly. Collecting consent and offering users the ability to change their consent settings is what is required. Most people do that through a cookie banner um, uh, under GDPR. So, uh, but that being said, what we're entering into is a discussion of what's called privacy by design and designing websites to have privacy be the default. I'll give you, and I'll give you a good example. This isn't even really designing, but there's a company called Fathom, uh, usefathom.com, and they're a privacy-focused alternative to Google Analytics. It's a fantastic way to have a cookie-less analytics tool installed on your website. You know, most people, I don't think, are huge fans of cookie consent banners. I, I've come to love them, but I can understand why many people don't like them. Well, what if you took measures to just have a privacy-focused website in the first place. Because if you're not putting cookies onto people's browsers and you're not tracking them through these, um, these tools, well, then you don't need to have them consent to anything. Thus, you don't need a cookie banner at all. So cookie banners are needed. Cookie banners are a way to comply with the fact that you have to collect consent prior to tracking people. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're not tracking them, then you don't need it. So, so where that would become really relevant would be if you had a business and you wanted to track people so that you could do some form of, you know, marketing or retargeting mm -hmm. or something like that, then that's a different kettle of fish, right? You've got, you know, we require that then because you need to have, you've dropped some form of cookie to be able to track and be able to retarget them. But if you have no intention of ever doing that, if you're, you know, you're a, yeah, company that just doesn't go down the path of doing any kind of, you know, after uh, after visit um, marketing, then mm -hmm. you could use a a non cookie required um, tracking system. Absolutely, yes, and and that does kind of split us off into two rows because there's definitely the people that need to track people and need to optimize their website constantly and like 
need to advertise to people. And then there's the group of people who are like, ah, no, like I don't need to go to that length. I just need a website that I can be seen mm -hmm. and people can come to me and inquire. Um, so those are, that's definitely a fork in the road. The marketing group, yeah, you're probably going to want to collect consent the moment someone hits that site because your job is to be about efficiency and ROI and making a return on your investment. So yeah, you're probably going to just have to use the cookie consent solution. There's other ways to do it, but that's really the most popular one. If you're just a basic website, if you have just basic website, it's informational. Yes, it's a lead generator, but you're not planning to do remarketing and targeting people and sending them ads and stuff. Maybe you should find a privacy-focused alternatives. Yeah, it's no longer free because you're not, you know, well, never actually free if you're, you're helping other companies sell people's data. Um, find some privacy-focused alternatives. Yeah, it's a couple dollars a month extra. What you've now done is demonstrated to your users that you respect their privacy to the point where you spend money and invest it into mm -hmm. Caring about people's privacy. And Hans, just give us the, the company that you were talking about as the alternative to Google. Just give us that again. I'll, po I'll pop it yeah. into the comments. Use fathom.com. Um, fathom is F A T F, sorry, F A T H O M. And I can put it into the chat here. Let me just pop that on here so that uh, hopefully I have spelt that correctly. Like so, fathom.com. Yep, yep. All right, here you go, guys. U-S-E-F-A-T-H-O-M.com. You can head on over there and check them out too. But just a little reminder, if you'd like to uh, sort yourself out with Termageddon and a, a, uh, a license with them, then head on over, uh, set yourself up and use the code Wilson to give yourself uh, that 10% discount. Look, this is a really interesting conversation. As you can see, you know, this sort of stuff, a lot of people would say, oh, boring, you know, like I said at the beginning, but it's so important. And when you start to delve a little bit deeper and you start to understand the reasons why and what you can do about it and the benefits of, you know, it becomes quite a fascinating place to, um, you know, to, to play and to start really learning a lot more about, not only from a point of view of being able to protect yourself, but you then having the knowledge to be able to share that with other people and ensure that they're covered. So if you're a, a web design agency or even just a you know one-man band that builds websites for people, this is a fantastic platform for you to be able to use and promote for anybody that you are building a website for because it does make your job and you know and obviously their life a little bit simpler when you're able to rely on Termageddon to to keep track and, and keep you uh, up to date with all the relevant policies. Look, Hans, um, we could talk about this for ages, right? Sorry, go ahead. You've got something else to share. I was just going to say, if you are a web agency or a web designer listening to this, be sure to check out our agency partners page. My background, I ran a 12-person web agency. I really tried to build Termageddon so that it's agency client-friendly. Um, I'll leave it at that. We have an agency partners page for where you can learn more. We've got some pretty cool features there for you. Fantastic. Well, we might get you back another time um, in a different show and we'll have a little bit more of a, a conversation about the whole agency side of things so we can share that with other people. So guys, I want to say um, I hope that you guys have enjoyed today's conversation. I think it's been really interesting to understand all the different uh, you know, policies that are required. I think Hans has done a fantastic job in being able to explain those. But like I said, head on over to Term again and you can read up about um, you know, all of their background and what's required and then obviously set yourself up and have a bit of a play with their system and see if it's, you know, to your liking and, and utilize it, um, you know, to your advantage so that you can use the time uh, doing other stuff other than trying to keep up to date with the alphabet soup of privacy policies around the world, um, as one of our viewers, uh, one of our viewers said. So thanks so much for being here today. Um, I do want to give you an opportunity to share anything else that you think is pertinent uh, in today's conversation. And then I've got one last question for you before we dial out. All right. So my final my final notes will just be when it seems overwhelming, just think about yourself and like what matters to you. And like I imagine you probably don't like getting spam texts or spam phone calls or spam emails. Like try to all try to think about like try to be present and like think about the fact that people just want reasonable right to their privacy and like you have a wonderful opportunity to give it to them. Like and maybe not everyone's going to appreciate it, but some will. And I think more and more will over time. So I, I, my recommendation would be to embrace it rather than try to run from it. 
Beautiful. Thank you. And my one last final question today is I want you to sort of think back to your teenage years. I want to imagine you to imagine that you're like a 15-year-old. What's the one piece of advice that you would go back and give yourself to help you be a help you in life? I would tell myself that it's there's something special about finding a moment in time and just living in that moment and mm. that it life doesn't have to constantly be about where's the next party I go to or how much fun can I possibly have in one night or evening um, there's a lot of beauty in, in, in just in the present moment um, and not to overthink the future and the past too much Oh, I love that. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much for being an amazing guest. Like I said, you know, we may have you back uh, at some other date on the Unlock Show or on, uh, you know, I'll get you to, to chat with some of my agency uh, owners and we can talk more about the whole agency side of things and how we can make their life a little bit easier. But in saying that, it's been a fantastic conversation. I've thoroughly enjoyed it and I wish you all the best with Termageddon. I know that you guys are, are taking the world by storm and uh, before you know it, you're going to be in, you know, a whole bunch of countries all over the world but for now you know for those countries that you guys are supporting uh, thanks very much for doing that and thanks for pairing up you know I would say you know life uh, often uh, you know can either be made or broken by the partner that you have and you obviously picked a really good one for uh, you know the match that you've got so uh, congratulations to both of you for uh, for building uh, you know the successful business that you've got today because it's no easy feat. Thank you so much thank you so much Trace. it was so nice speaking with you I really appreciate it giving us the here. You're most welcome. And hey, guys, you guys know that uh, we're live on The Unlock Show every Wednesday and Friday at 10 a.m. Brisbane time. So on Fridays is Action Friday. So that will be the day that I share something with you. You'll be able to go away and actually implement. It's a, I have a real focus of having implementable and actionable things that we talk about on the show. Just like we have today, the action for you today is to go over to Termageddon to check out uh, their website, check out the privacy policy and the cookies uh, cookies policies and what have you on their site because that'll give you a good insight into what you should have and then you can check out their program and like I mentioned use Termageddon and use the code Wilson W-I-L-S-O-N to get your 10% off but for now you guys know that I always end the show with just go and live your life unlocked because there is just no other way you guys know that so have a fantastic rest of the week and I'll see you guys again on Friday thanks for joining bye for now